Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hey parents, Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique in Oxford features the latest brands of baby and children's clothing, shoes, toys, and accessories. Check out Jack and Claire's Facebook page too. Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique, West Jackson Avenue next to Belk. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. So if you know, uh, if you're a regular listener of Coast View, you know this already, that I take every opportunity I can to talk to police chiefs and leaders in the law enforcement community every chance I get, from Sean Tindall, the Director of Public Safety for the state of Mississippi, all the way down to every every single chief that will join me and talk about the law enforcement community. Uh, Coast of Mississippi, and really Mississippi for that matter, is mourning today because of the deaths of Brandon Estorf and Stephen Robin, a Bay St. Louis Police Department uh, uh, patrolman. Uh, such a sad situation. Um, Sean Tindall, who I saw last night, um, he just, he just looked at me and just shook his head and, and, you know, the way the law enforcement community comes together, but the whole situation in this case is so puzzling and we may never know all the answers, but he posted this blessed are the peacekeepers for they shall be called the children of God. Matthew five, nine, he went on to say that prayers for the loved ones of these fallen officers of the Bay St. Louis uh, police department. Please, uh, please keep uh, these officers and their families in your prayers and, and pray that law enforcement community can continue to find safety and peace. I have a friend of mine, incidentally, who's with the Highway Patrol that's a neighbor of ours up in the Mississippi Delta and immediately got a note from him. And um, all I could say to him was, man, please stay safe. I mean, everyone's thinking that same thing. Law enforcement officers put their lives on the line every time they, 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 they go to a call. And, um, man, we can never forget that. The other thing that Mississippi is mourning about is the passing of Mike Leach. By now, everyone's beginning to understand how many people this guy touched. It's quite quite remarkable. I mean, I don't care if you're a state fan, an Ole Miss fan, a Jackson State fan, or, or you know, some other fan from anywhere in the country. People seem to have some understanding of Mike Leach. Oliver Diaz, who is actually an Ole Miss graduate and a former Supreme Court justice and a world traveler who's been on our show, and he's a good friend, he posted this. Many in college football, uh, many college football fans don't know, didn't know before he was a football coach, Mike, Mike Leach was a lawyer. He graduated from Pepper, Pepperdine Law School in 1986. This kinship in the law and a cerebral approach to coaching earned my admiration and respect. His wit and humor shone through in his interviews, like the time he debated the pros and cons of various Halloween candies. He was also a kind and caring man, and in a final act of kindness, Coach Leach was an organ donor helping to save other lives. I know that heaven is full of harps and beautiful music, but today I hope that music is being drowned out by the sound of cowbells. Peace, love, and comfort from a devout rebel. Rest in peace, Coach Leach. I got one other uh, story to share with you before we move over to my friend Jeff Duncan. This was really, I've seen so many stories. There are so many stories, but this one 
really hit me, and I had not heard it before. It was from uh, George Staya, uh, who who covers the the uh, Denver Broncos. He said this. My dad was watching a, a OU practice in 1999. He starts talking to Leach. Practice ends, and all the coaches start jogging back to the facility. My dad asks, need a ride? Leach, Leach says, yeah, I ain't jogging. So he gets in my dad's car. My dad gives him a five-minute ride back to the facility, and Leach starts talking his ear off. Eventually, he starts talking, telling my dad about his apartment in Norman explains to my dad that all families should live in apartment complexes. It's the best place to raise kids, he says. Tennis courts, a playground, a pool, other families, etc. He goes on. He ends up sitting in my dad's car for over an hour talking about this. Finally, my dad leaves thinking he, he's made his, a new best friend of, of Mike Leach. The two never speak again, but my dad is a big fan of his book. Fast forward 20 years. I'm interviewing Leach for a story on Lincoln Raleigh. We start talking about me living in Norman. He tells me he once lived in Norman in a, real, in a really nice apartment complex with tennis courts, a playground, a pool, etc., and tells me the same story he tells my dad. After he finishes his theory about how, why apartments are the best place to raise a family, I tell him that, I, that he told my dad the same story in 1999. He says he remembers him, but I'm, sure, but I'm not sure he really did. But before hanging, before hanging up, he says, tell your dad thanks for the ride. What a great story from George and, and another reminder of why Coach Leach was one of a kind. Now let's move over to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. We're going to talk about Saints and Pelicans today. But, Jeff, you've covered the SEC. You know the impact that Mike Leach has had. Uh, you know, what, 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 what's your perspective on this, this sad moment? Well, we lost, uh, you know, an American original. Uh, this was a guy that, uh, as you said, impacted uh, the game profoundly, changed the game of football. He and Hal Mummy together with the air raid offense. Uh, there, there's a great book out there. Any of your listeners that are interested in Mike Leach, his impact on the game, and just who he was as a person, there's a book called The Perfect Pass by Sam Gwynn. That uh, you know, Sam Gwynn's not a sports writer by trade. He's he's basically a, just a great feature takeout writer. Uh, writes for a lot of major magazines and news news outlets. Has a great perspective because he's not basically rooted in sports. And he wrote about how these two men changed football and and their impact on the game. And you learn a lot about Mike Leach and and, and very similarly to the re- reporting I did on Sean Payton and Drew Brees. You learn that it's not just about X's and O's. It's it, it's success in any sport, in any endeavor. Uh, there's no shortcut. It, the brilliance of, of Mike Leach and Hal Mummy to innovate and to change the game of football. I mean, it took years and decades of hard work and behind closed doors uh, to get to that point. And people doubted them. And they, they, they fundamentally changed the way the sport is played. It's a tremendous impact, but more than that, his impact on the kids he coached and and how he approached people. I mean, that story you told there, a great example of how you treat people. You are not that kind of uh, old old boy charm to him that, uh, you know, he didn't think to take himself too seriously. And people gravitate to that. And that's why he's so beloved. And we see the reaction to his his death this week. I've had so many friends tell me, Jeff, this week that that Mike Leach was a good friend of theirs. 
so many friends. I've never heard that before with with a head football coach. And I turned to my wife, Ann, and I said, man, what a testament to a man when everyone yeah. you talk to says that he was he was their best friend. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, well, look, you know, again, it, it, it tells you a lot when he when he has that kind of impact on people and people are telling stories with just one encounter with him. It shows you how he treats people. And that's an important lesson for all of us to learn. I mean, we all start getting caught up in our lives and taking ourselves a little too seriously. He never did. He treated people with respect from the, you know, the assistant equipment managers all the way up, you know, to the president of each university. I think it also speaks to, uh, you know, how great a, a coach he was that he'd been hired at so many different places around the country. He won in the, the Big 12, he won in the SEC, he won in the, the Pac-12. And so he, his game... His, his uh, philosophy of playing football was successful wherever he went. Uh, you know, that, that's – I think sometimes we overlook because he's such a quotable, funny man. We overlook just how great a coach he was. Uh, you know, and, and I think he'll be remembered as, as a game changer in the sport of college football. Jeff, you and I have had the opportunity to work with some incredible journalists, Pulitzer Prize winning journalists, extraordinarily bright, extraordinarily well-read and those people tend to be also pretty funny. You know, they have, yeah. they have a wit to them. And in his case, his wit, you know, you tend to laugh at it and see it on the surface and, and not stop for a second and say, what's behind that wit? You know, what, what's the, I, I need to take a minute and get to know the man behind that wit. But your point is well taken. We're running so fast in our lives. We, we too often don't recognize that we didn't drill down enough until it's too late. You know, the sadness of that it's too late. Now we can be inspired in this moment and learn a lot that he had to teach because so much has been documented. But in this book that I wrote after Katrina, which I never published, I did write a lesson in there about what is it about us that makes us so busy, busy. We go through life so fast that we too often don't appreciate the essence of who the people are who are around us. We just... Don't take, we're too busy. We don't take the time. We don't look at someone in the eyes and give them the, the sort of attention and respect they deserve and understand their story even more. Because every time you drill down, you find out, you always find out there's more to the story. There's more inspiration to get. And this is from anyone. This is from anyone. But in Mike Leach's death, maybe it's a chance for us to reflect on that and say, we don't spend enough time really appreciating the people around us. And then what this show has given me, Jeff, without P&L responsibility and being a CEO and all that, in my retirement, it's given me a chance to do something I didn't ever get a chance to do. And that is get to know people more deeply and to really appreciate the process of doing that. And that in itself has been a gift to us. And in Mike Leach's death, as people really continue to hear the stories and books get written about how powerful he was, maybe there's a lot of lesson there for us to, to get from that. Yeah, I'll just anyway. say this real quick. Steve Gleason has a saying, says we all have a timeline. Just most of us don't live like we have a timeline. I think it's you know a good lesson for all of us. Jeff, that's a, that's a really powerful statement. That, that really is. We'll see you with Jeff Duncan on the other side. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, starting the show, you know, a little bit somberly with this this uh, this uh, scripture from Matthew 5, 9 that Sean Tindall posted. Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they shall be called the children of God. Keep law enforcement always in your thoughts and prayers. Hey, when we went to a break, we're going to get to the saints. Didn't mean this to be such a somber uh, coast view, but the reality is um, there's, there are reasons to be somber. And uh, it's so interesting. In the case of Mike Leach, he's going to teach us a lot in his death. It's sort of where we were to, when we went to break. Uh, that happens too often, and the point we're trying to make is we need to learn the essence of people and see what they had to teach before they die, and uh, that's an important lesson. But as you pointed out, Steve Gleason said we we all have a timeline. Steve Gleason, who is who has fought ALS so long now and is living every day in an inspiring way, and uh, Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, my dear friend is writing with Steve Gleason, Steve Gleason's book. And and you're talking about living in the moment, Jeff, and 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 soaking up more more directly and more completely your surroundings. That book's going to be about that, isn't it? Yeah, Steve talks all the time, Ricky, about being grateful. Uh, uh, he's grateful, yet he's got a terminal diagnosis that really has paralyzed him. Uh, he can't move, he can't speak, he can't eat, he can't do anything for himself. All he can basically do is communicate through his eyes, yet he's grateful every day for every day he has. And I think it's a really, uh, you know, profound lesson for all of us uh, in how to live our lives. Uh, you know, and Steve's, Steve says that line I, I mentioned earlier about having a timeline. He said, you know, people came to him when he was diagnosed and said, you basically have two to three years to live. That's your timeline, and uh, you know that that can crystallize your perspective on life very quickly. But he's decided he's not going to let that, uh, you know, be his destiny. And he's coming up in January here on 13 years uh, since he got diagnosed, and he's still living an incredible life. He went and met the, just the other day down to Baton Rouge with the Louisiana Pharmacy Association. I mean. He c- continues to live a productive, meaningful life for his family and all of his followers at Team Gleason and changing lives. They're, they're, their organization, Ricky, is growing leaps and bounds, and they're, in, they're making lives better for so many people all over the world that have been stricken with ALS, and that's meaningful. And if he, if he had elected to not go this route, it wouldn't have had the impact it's had uh, you know, across the globe. Jeff, writing that book is going to change your life. It already has, yes, no doubt about it. Uh, Steve's, a, you know, Thomas Morstead, this old Saints punter, used to say that Steve was a, a great daily dose of perspective for all of us, and I think it's so true. Now I'm I'm dealing with it every day, literally. We we talk every day and work together every day, uh, and you it it will allow you to see life through a different lens and a different prism, and it, it changes your perspective on. Uh, you know, what really is important in life. Steve Steve says ALS really crystallizes down what's important in life. And, and it's interesting because even though he still loves football, obviously made his living playing football, it's way down the list of priorities for him now. He still goes to the games, but he understands what's really important, family and faith and 
and community and, and serving others more than anything else. God bless Steve Gleason for and you, Jeff, for, for working together to, to bring those lessons to us. And uh, God bless the family of Mike Leach. Okay, so we're going to shift gears. The Saints, uh, you know, they're going into the game against Atlanta. I got a rookie going to start. Marcus Mariota is hurt. Um, Saints picked up a, a, a running back because um, Ingram is out now. Um, you know, what's there to look forward to for the rest of the season in your mind? Well, look, I think these last four games are going to be important. They, you know, we, we need to see how this team finishes. I think Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis are going to be watching every player on the roster to see their effort, energy, enthusiasm. Uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Jobs will be on the line. Uh, look, the Saints have, haven't been mathematically eliminated. They have a, basically a 1% chance to win the, the division and make the playoffs. But I think it's important right now is to, to show professionalism, and to, you know, finish the season strong. Uh, I'm not a big believer in this momentum carrying over, but I think it just it, it sets a standard in the locker room from the leaders on this team. Uh, you know how they're going to conduct themselves in, in the face of adversity. Very, very significant opportunity for the Saints. I hope you know. I hope that what this ultimately doesn't lead to is a rebuilding year but you wrote a you wrote a very compelling uh column that got national attention you've been you've been you've been all across the media airwaves tell people what your column was about if they didn't read it well yeah it was obviously a, a, a not a, your average column i mean i was basically letting people know that sean payton is probably going to coach in the nfl next year uh, he's going to coach somewhere and I think New Orleans is a possibility. I don't think it's a you know strong possibility. I think it's unlikely that that, that Dennis Allen is is fired after one season. Uh, I know that's not what Mickey Loomis and Gail Benson want to do. It's not the track record that they have in leading this organization. But if it came to that, if things really did bottom out in these last four games and they decided they needed to make a change, Sean Payton would definitely be open to it. And I don't think a lot of people knew that until this weekend, Ricky. Every report I'd seen projected him going to the Chargers, the Cowboys, all these other spots. And I think people thought he'd close the door on New Orleans, and that's that's not the case at all. Well, you should know you wrote the book on Sean Payton, literally wrote the book on Sean Payton. And it's a, I know it was a gutsy, it was a gutsy column. What kind of uh, what kind of blowback did you get? I didn't get any blowback from the organization. I, I know they wouldn't be happy with the timing of the column more than anything else. Uh, but I felt it was important to get it out there because if you're interested in getting Sean Payton back here, you're going to have to compete for him. And these type of moves, as you know, in, in the position you've been in, in in the past in your career, they don't happen overnight. They start happening now. So the season's going to be over in four weeks. There's teams positioning Teams have already reached out to Sean Payton and his representation to let him know that they're interested in him. So you have to start these kind of maneuvers now. And I think it's important to consider for the New Orleans Saints, whether they want to or not, behind closed doors, they need to consider, just like I said in the column, do you want to coach against Sean Payton or do you want him on your sideline? It's a Hall of Fame coach, generational leader, in my opinion. And uh, he provides, I think, a much faster path out of this rebuilding transition you're talking about 
than their current state of, of being right now. When you saw when you saw Dennis Allen after you wrote to Colin, how did he how did he act with you? I've not actually have not seen him. I've not been out there yet, so I'll see him eventually. But he'll be fine. I mean, I, I've got nothing against Dennis Allen. Uh, you know, I've got no problems with Dennis Allen. I think he's an excellent head coach. I think he's one of the was the man for the job. I wrote that. So it's not uh, an indictment of Dennis Allen. It's it's you have a chance to get somebody like Sean Payton, and, and I think that needs to be made clear. And I don't think it will happen. Uh, but I can tell you this: the reaction from the fan base, as I expected, was all positive. I mean, most people would most people were so excited they didn't want to get too excited because they know it might not happen. Uh, so I, I expected that. But I, I, you know, in my position, as you know, Ricky, you can't worry about reaction you have to write what you feel in your heart is the truth and what needs to be written and you live with the consequences of it when i was publisher and we had a tough editorial to write and i knew a lot of people weren't going to agree with it i slept on it oftentimes i prayed about it i did my homework and when we wrote it and when we said let's go i went to bed very peacefully at night but I knew, you know, I knew what the what the blowback might be on certain editorials, and it's interesting. Some some didn't get the blowback I expected, and others I expected no blowback, and and almost yep. couldn't make it through the day. You know yep. how that works, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's true. You never know the reaction, and and look, I know the Saints over the years. I've had many columns that have, uh, you know, spurred six a.m. phone calls, and you know shouting matches, but this one didn't in any way. As a matter of fact, I saw Gail Benson the next day, along with the management, Dennis Lauscher, the president, and they gave me some good-natured ribbing. It was all it was all in fun. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, look, they know. They, they know exactly what I wrote, uh, and what I wrote was the truth, so uh, that's all I care about. Well, you've been in the crosshairs before. You, you There's a lot of important stories that you covered over time, but Probably one of the most recent important stories that had a lot of division in it was the, the the breakdown of the Benson family and understanding what was really going on behind the scenes on that very tough lawsuit against Tom Benson, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You broke the story. But, um, you know, I think people have come to understand about you, Jeff, that um, you're going you're gonna to call it the way you see it. And you're gonna you're gonna use your vast array of sources to capture the story, and people have come to sort of expect that from you, and that's what makes you such a great columnist. And um, I appreciate you joining me here. You can your last word, buddy. No, just thanks a lot. I mean, it means a lot coming from you. And uh, like I'm just trying to do my job and tell the truth is all I'm trying to do. And I think it was an important column to write because I think the future of the Saints is important in this city and this whole region. Boy, is it. It is. Well, listen, next week we'll talk more about the Pelicans. Well, obviously, we'll break it down the game uh, that's coming up with Atlanta. The Pelicans are having a beautiful run. It's so much fun watching this team play. And uh, we'll talk more about that in the future. But for now, man, thanks. It's a different kind of a show today, but but I think it's just what the doctor ordered. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very very much, Ricky. Take care, buddy. This, this has been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. When we come back, we have my buddy, the executive director from uh, the uh, Biloxi Gulfport International Airport. We'll see you after this.
free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.